Welcome to our Sailorville podcast. Uh, my name is Pat Nimmers, one of the pastors here at Sailorville Church, and it's a joy for me to be joined by a good friend who uh, I've known for many, many years, formerly on staff here at Sailorville, none other than Chuck DeClean. Chuck, uh, thanks for joining us again. It's very good to be with you, Pat, and it was a joy for me to be with the Sailorville crowd on Sunday. Brought back a lot of memories and uh reconnected with a lot of people that I've known. So it was a joy to be here. Yeah, it's probably, this would be a great time to just kind of give the backdrop to why you were even speaking on Sunday, because you were really not on the docket to speak. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it was the Sunday before, uh, I had a little bit of a miscommunication with, uh, with our son, Daniel, uh, Daniel Nemers, uh, just, uh, launched a church in Bloomington, uh, Illinois, uh, off the campus of Illinois State University, and uh, I had indicated to him a few months earlier that I would try to be at that launch. We got our wires crossed, and I was scheduled to preach uh, yesterday, and I just realized I needed to be there for him launching the uh, the church plant there, and so I immediately, knowing the passage I would be preaching on and knowing your passion for prayer, I reached out to you, and there's a little story behind that from your perspective, isn't there? Yeah, I have a, a brother that I keep in touch with in Wisconsin, and I'm not even sure where he's at spiritually, but he challenged me by saying, hey, Chuck, I've memorized four Psalms, and it sort of surprised me because I looked at my track record of late, and I hadn't been memorizing anything of late. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what Psalms did you memorize, Jerry? And he said, well, I memorized Psalm 23. I understood that. Psalm 143, mm. Psalm 51, and then Psalm 103. And I said, well, why did, why did you memorize those? He said, well, I read the Bible every day, but I, I just need to learn how to talk to God. And if I don't have a Bible in front of me, I think these Psalms would actually help me. At that point, I said, I need to get back to memorizing. So I actually memorized Psalm 143 again, and then I memorized Psalm 23, and then I picked out a passage in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 19, because I knew that one was profitable to prayer. So I had already started to memorize, and what I do is I, when I relax or lay down, and if I can't rest or whatever, I go through those passages in my mind. Yeah, so, yeah. so actually, Ephesians 3, I had been going through that. And the very passage we left off at. Yeah. And uh, so I came to you. I asked you if you would be willing to pick it up where we left off in the series. Uh, you shared that with me. And actually, you had just returned from a conference a couple days earlier, hadn't you? And something <laughs> happened there. Well, I was at the SING conference in Tennessee, and D.A. Carson was a speaker there, a great speaker. And the text that he used was Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 <laughs> through 19. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, that was very affirming uh, to me, gave, gave me great comfort. One, just that you would do it because I know your passion for prayer. You didn't say this in your message, but you preached on prayer at this church many years ago. And uh, it was uh, it was very... Uh, enlightening sermon for me I, I was I was challenged you it was your statement I wrote it in my bible uh your time in prayer is your belief in prayer mm -hmm. yeah. and uh that was very powerful to me 
And uh, that really takes us to this passage. So why don't you? Why don't I just go ahead and read it? Okay. Okay. And then uh, you preached on it, and you could just sort of. Would you just give us a a, a brief summation of your uh, of the things that were you were particularly passionate about, and maybe a couple of things you left on the floor. You know, when I study for a passage, as you do, and you <laughs> preached longer than I have, Chuck, there's a lot of editing uh, things that end up on the floor. We just don't have the time to insert them into our message. And the podcast gives us that opportunity a little bit. So you might think about that, okay? Okay. okay. So this, the Apostle Paul says, uh, he says, for this reason, he has been talking about the manifold wisdom of God and uh, demonstrated through the gospel a little bit earlier. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That takes us through verse 19. Why don't, you, uh, why don't we pick it up right there? And uh, what was, what, as you walked into this sermon, what did you think? Oh, I, this is what I really want the people at Sailorville to grasp. Okay, that's a great statement in, in what I really was thinking when you look at the Apostle Paul, who was very gifted intellectually, to be able to comprehend probably far better than you and I could comprehend spiritual truths, very learned man, and yet God had gotten a hold of his life, and it's almost like he's making a strong emphasis here. My intellect on its own will not carry the day. Mm. And it reminded me actually of a passage where Jesus, if you study his life, it's an interesting study, but if you would look at Jesus's life and see the ministry of the Holy Spirit in Jesus's life, it's a very interesting study. In fact, there's even a verse in Acts 10.38 where it says that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and did wonderful things, giving the idea that much of Jesus's activity was through the Spirit of God. And then Jesus said, don't you dare leave Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high, because Jesus knew that unless they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, they could never make the impression that he desired. This is almost Paul's way of saying the very same thing. God has gifted me intellectually, but I'm telling you, that unless you are strengthened in the inner man by the Holy Spirit, you will not carry the day. You will not make the impression. And I think that's a forgotten desire that we often have. We go about and we don't sense our, our need for this. Mm. That's really good. In fact, as you were saying that, my mind went to John 8, where Jesus said to his, uh, his detractors, he said, he says, you say Abraham is your father, but my word has no place in you. Mm-hmm. And that, the word place kind of carries the idea of, of a jurisdiction. I mean, they knew the word, but it didn't have any place, any power. It wasn't advancing in their lives. 
And of course, the word and the spirit are is the combination we need in our own life, not just the knowledge, but the but the Holy Spirit who is the and even as you say as I say this, it's this epistle that later on is going to tell us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And and then Paul says in the Coloss- in Colossians, he's sitting in the same jail cell writing to both uh, churches, and he uses a little different. He twist and he says he says let the word of christ dwell on you richly doesn't talk about the holy spirit uh so uh, talk about that a little bit the word and the spirit they kind of are they're in conjunction with one another aren't they they, they should be they vary are much in the same fact i was talking to uh, another man about this this morning and i was saying you know the the reason you want to pour the word of god into your heart and into your mind that's why the memorization of scripture is so valuable because if you're led by the Word of God, you're led by the Spirit of God. It's the same thing. But you just need that direction because if you don't, as we talked about on Sunday, oftentimes you pray and it's your own mind that is pushing up prayers towards God's according to your understanding. But the Word of God has to enter there. And that's what I think is, is missing the other thing that when I thought through this message, because I look all the way back and I just remember men that I looked up to said, you'll never find in Scripture where it commands you to pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, I've held on to that. I've thought about that. But to me, this is a passage yeah. that really addresses yeah, that. Yeah, I picked up on that. I was, uh, I was, we were on our way, as you know, to uh, to Illinois, and we were actually listening to you live, and that resonated with me when you made that comment. I've heard those same comments, and I, and it, it, it had the ring of truth what you said to I me mean, right here. He's saying, "I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm on my knees praying." Yeah, and that you would be filled, you know. So it's all there. So it's legit to be praying, not just for yourself, but that God would fill others. I mean, Paul's praying for them to have this kind of, uh, this kind of depth of knowledge that, uh, that really is, is the strengthening of the inner man. Which is interesting that you bring that out, and it's a point that I've reflected on often. Paul very seldom prays for himself. There are a few incidents that he does, but almost all of his prayers— are for others. And and you wonder when you think through a prayer, how much could you assist another person in their growth mm. by praying this for them? And it's a biblical prayer. And um, so again, I, I just think there's a lot to think through as far as the value of prayer for others. Mm. Mm-hmm. And when you said that, my mind went to Second Thessalonians chapter three, where it says, finally, brothers, Pray for us. Yeah. I think uh, one of our own old professors at, at uh, the Bible College down the road, Faith Baptist Bible College, uh, Art Walton, he's with the Lord now. Oh, yeah. He, used to, he did a commentary on Thessalonians, and he, and he had a little, there's a little picture. I can still envision it in my mind. He had a little picture uh, of like a calling card. He, he said that this is Paul's calling card. Brethren, pray for us. So while he, uh, you don't find him praying so much for himself, you see him asking for prayer just as he prayed for others. That's, that's very important, and we should be following through on that, asking others to pray for us as we minister. That's a great point. That's a great point. Now, toward the end of this passage, and you sort of allude to it without quoting it, but I did read it. I'll just say it again. Verse 19 says, And to know, this is part of his prayer, the love of Christ, 
which surpasses knowledge. So it's almost like he contradicted himself. It he, is. And, it is. Uh, it, you know, I, we, I want you to know the love of Christ. Well, but just to let you know, you're, <laughs> you're not going to know. Uh, so is this what you were referring to when you said the intellect alone isn't going to cut it? It is. It is. Because the, the, the way the construction goes is that this is a love and then it's a surpassing knowledge love is the idea. So it goes beyond our intellect. And I think that's Paul's strong point. You can't grasp this love without the work of the Spirit of God. And even with the Spirit of God, I wonder how much we really get into the depth of God's love. But I am convinced, because even lately going through different problems within families, and life is hard. And if we really had a solid belief that we're enveloped in the love of God for our life overall, wouldn't that give us stability even in the rough sections of life? And Paul had so many rough sections of life, and yet this is what he's talking about. This is what he wants for these believers. So it's, it's something to think about, but our intellect on its own. And that's why you have to warn so many that are interested in studying the Word of God that they, they could develop a pride in their own knowledge. Paul could have. Yeah. But his plea is don't yeah. do that. Don't do that. Yeah, and Paul, as I recall, in, uh, in Corinth, I mean, in First Corinthians chapter 1, he says you guys are loaded up with all the gifts, and knowledge was one of them that yeah. they had. But we know how carnal that church was. And I believe you alluded to the church at Ephesus, this very church, later on when Jesus addresses them in, in the revelation of Jesus in, uh, in, um, in revelation, revelation chapter two. 3. Yeah. Or rather two, two. Mm-hmm. and where they'd left their first love. So this was a church that was really going gangbusters in so many other ways, but it connects and, with And that. they had the knowledge. I mean, they pushed out people that claimed to be apostles, but they weren't. So how did they do it? Well, they had a definite knowledge of the Word of God and could identify. And there are many positive things about that church. But this aspect, they started to have want and they needed this. Well, this is, this makes me think a little bit deeper on this, the whole business of this is really, you could almost argue this is a, this is an argument for how to develop a, a, a love language with God and to have that love that surpasses knowledge. Um, I'm thinking about what, what is it that causes us to be in love with someone and it's it's communicating with them, is it not? Mm, it's yeah. talking with them. It's spending time with them. And uh, if we don't spend time with someone that we claim to love, the love will begin to wane. Yeah, I agree. And I, it, and prayer is that time. Our time in the Word. You know, I think it was uh, I think it was the old evangelist Billy Sunday who used to say, "When I read my Bible, God talks to me. When I pray, I talk to God." Yeah. When I witness, I talk to others about God. Pretty, yeah. pretty simple, but that's pretty good there. And you know, really, anybody, as you study the Word of God, isn't prayer just sort of a natural outcome? You're studying this, and then right away you do want to talk to God. Right. And that's what this is about. He, he's so enriched in the Word of God that the words pour out from that Bible knowledge to God and directs the conversation. Yeah. And that's where world prayer is very, it doesn't have a lot of value because it's not based on anything like that. But yeah. this passage is, yeah. I've often uh, said, and I don't, 
claim to have any monopoly on a, on a prayer life. And I, I'm always challenged by messages that to point me to prayer and I need to hear more of them. More importantly, I need to be more of a man of prayer, but I love the reciprocal kind of reading of the Bible where I'm reading the Bible and where I'll read a passage like this or one like it or a Psalm, like one of the ones you, you referred to and actually interact with God during that time. Because if it is a conversation, it would be a weird conversation. If I talked on this podcast for 20 minutes and then you talk for 20 minutes and then I talk for 20, that'd be odd. It would be. Instead of just going back and forth like a a normal conversation, I try to do that when I read my Bible. I don't know if you do that. Yeah, I I think it's the same thing. It's the same type of thing where you want to talk to God. Even when you're frustrated, you Mm. still want to talk. I remember, um, oh, the guy in New York, Keller. Yeah. He said, you know, look at some of the Psalms. Look at the deep complaints. You would think these people aren't... But they were talking to God. Yeah. They were talking to God. So even in your struggles, you talk to God. Yeah, that's good. talk to God. Yep. Well, for the balance of our time here, Chuck, what, as you look at this and what did you leave on the floor? What are some of the, what are some of the Chuck edits that were left on the floor? You can maybe pull them back up and paste them back into your notes for the sake of our listening audience. Well, I don't know if I left that much on the floor, but even as this starts, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and I, I just sense the great reverence that Paul has for the Father. Then he talks about the Son. Then he talks about the Holy Spirit. The, all three persons of the Trinity are so involved in this prayer. The, the other thing that I wondered, it says, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And I thought, here's Paul being a Jew, but gifted to go to the Gentiles as he thinks about the family of God. He's thinking about the whole thing. He's thinking about the saints in heaven, many Jewish saints that ran before him. Mm -hmm. And now he's talking about the saints on earth. And he saw them in some sense all as the family of God. Mm -hmm. Now there is a specific church and there's Israel and they're separate, but there's still a connection with them and I wondered what went through his mind as he thought through that. So that was good. And then granted you according to the riches of his glory. What, what is that? You know, because his glory is enough to bring someone to their knees. And I try that. What was Paul talking about? The riches. One, one thing that hits me here as I go through now that it comes to my mind. Paul was sharing something that he himself had experienced. He was pleading with these Ephesians, I can tell you that you have to be strengthened in the inner man by the Spirit of God because that's the only way I made it. And, and you're, by the riches of God, he's been so good. And the greatest way to teach is teaching out of your own experience. Yeah. And you see that here. Yeah, Paul said it to, in Romans chapter 5, in verse 18, he said, I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me. And we have pointed out in our exposition of Ephesians that it was a very rich culture. In fact, the word rich or some some like, you know, some kind of finance type of terminology is used over and over again in these first mm. uh, three chapters. That's why we have looked at the book of Ephesians as a tripart, uh, wealth, wealth, walk and war 
And uh-huh. as of next week, we begin the walk in chapter four. You finished the wealth ses- uh, right. uh, section. And what better way to finish it than me t- be talking about our prayer life? Yeah, because that's sandwiched right in between. And without the presence of the Spirit of God, you can't really keep the imperatives the way God wants you to keep them. So it becomes very instrumental that this section is right here where it's at in in the letter. But Chuck, ahead. let me ask you just be as we, again, we're kind of wrapping things up in the next, I would like to get real practical right now for a few moments. Uh, uh, we talk about being reciprocal in our prayer life as we read the Bible and then respond to God and talk. You talked about when you're sleepless or you're having some form of temporal insomnia and you start, you know, you don't, you, you use the old adage or whatever, you don't, don't count sheep, talk to the shepherd. Yeah. But tell us, what is your, what is your normal prayer life like? Can you tell us a little bit about it? What, what is a, what is a typical devotional prayer time for Chuck to clean like? Well, it varies. I wish I could tell you, well, every day I spend one and a half hours. In, <laughs> I don't do that. There are times where I, there's a place in my house, my office, there's a couch and I have this little kneeling pad that I got to work in my garden, but it works beautiful to pray. You just put it right down <laughs> yeah. there. Some of my favorite times to pray are Saturday nights because I was so used to preaching, but then I can just pray for pastors and other uh. people that are preaching. I love that. I look forward to Saturday nights where I can just kneel down and pray. And I like to do that in the afternoons. And I do like to do that at the end of the day. If I've had a good day, I say, you know, I just want to get alone with God and talk to him how this day went and tell him, you know, all of that. I just like to get together with him and talk. So I think a lot of times it's more in the evening. And then now as I'm older, there's times where I'll lay down, but I wake up. Well, I got verses with me. You know, I remember giving a person advice. Hey, if you can't sleep, let's take advantage of this time, you know. And then the verses just come back to you and you think, oh, yeah. And I really like to pray for my family, Mm -hmm. according to these verses, because I know they need this Mm -hmm. so bad. So I don't want to miss days without just getting alone. But there is normally some prayer time in the morning and, uh, and then... I hopefully can do it a little bit in the afternoon and then and then in the evening. But it varies from times. There's sure. days where I don't spend near the amount. And then there's other days that, like Mondays is a day that I start to fast yesterday, you know, and um, I just like to set aside time to be alone with God, just a special day to a certain degree, and starting to do more of that on Mondays than I am um, other days. So that's a little bit on it. That's good. The psalmist said, uh, uh, David wrote, evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan, and, my, uh, and he hears my voice. So there's an honest prayer, and he's doing it throughout the day, Yeah, just yeah. as you just mentioned here just now. Yeah. Um, thanks for sharing that. That's practical, I think, for all of us as well. And if you're a preacher in this area that uh, loves the Word of God, it may be that uh, uh, Pastor Chuck here is praying for you. I know that you're praying for me, and uh, and I and I think about the results of this prayer that I would have power, and uh, so uh, it gives me comfort to know that some of my power is coming because my friend Chuck prays for me. Well, praise the Lord. I pray people pray for me that way, and and certainly I just wonder how much good we could do if we just had the few people around us that we would faithfully pray for along these lines. Mm. Maybe we would see greater successes, spiritual successes in their lives. So hopefully God can help us to do that. 
Well, Chuck, I don't, I'm not going to ask you to reread verses 14 through 19, but they're in your mind. So would you just conclude our time with prayer and just pray for the listening audience as well, that they, they too might experience the riches of God's glory uh, and the strengthening of their inner being uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit. Sure, I'd be, I'd be glad to. Okay. Father, we thank you for this passage and the power of this passage. And Father, I do pray for the listeners as they listen to this short talk that you might strengthen them by the Spirit with power in the inner man. And they would sense that strength from you and you might grant to them a strong reality of Christ dwelling in their lives and a deeper understanding of the love of God. May you encourage their hearts and then the hearts of people they pray for. Mm -hmm. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today, Chuck. Uh, it's good to be with you, Pat. All right. God bless you. Thanks.